The Game Schooler Podcast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, is a weekly audio show that highlights the educational value of tabletop gaming. In this week's episode, we'll cover pictures, our recommended game of the week, discuss Smartphone Inc. in the School of Gaming, and wrap it up with our High Five Game Right Games. Welcome to the Game Schooler Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Kotecki, along with my co-host, Dr. Michael McCabe. How's it going, Michael? What's happening, Doug? It's good to have you back. It's great to be here. <laughs> really sorry about last week. Um, Do you want to fill anyone in on what, what yeah, was going so I on? Was, I was traveling for work. I attended the National Charter School Conference, and it was a phenomenal conference. It's one of the best conferences I've ever been to. And then I was going to come home on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Wednesday turned into Friday. Um, and I missed our regular recording for yeah. Thursday. Yeah, full disclosure, so. we normally record on Thursday, and the show comes out Friday morning. And it just got to a thing where you were gone all week, and we like to practice what we preach here, and family time's important. Yeah. And so uh, getting home and, and seeing the, the wife and family was more important the than most recording, important. Re- recording yeah. a podcast. So that's why that kind of got bumped. So thanks for that. And by the time I got in on Thursday, for for those who are like, so when did you get home, Friday or Thursday? Well, I got to tell you, the people at Delta, they were wonderful. It took five hours of being on hold. You're the first person that's ever said that in the history of mankind. I mean this. I mean this. Once I actually got a hold of them on the phone, I was their focus. And, And sir, if you can get to the airport by 1237... We'll have you on standby. And and they did. So I flew into Detroit, sat around for a few hours, and they got me home to Madison. Very long story, very short. I was loopy. If we would have <laughs> recorded last Thursday, there would have been so many errors. So um, As we, if there we, aren't enough already. We really try to be consistent uh, on our show, but I do apologize for that. And, and we're learning. I'm learning all the time here with you, Doug. So now we know whenever I travel for work, which is about twice a year, We'll double up on shows before I leave. (laughs) Well, and speaking of errors, we talk about this every week. Again, we are trying to perfect our video podcasting as we go. Um, We've got some in the can. And this one, this is going to be the show. You're not going to show the last one? It's not out on the YouTube yet? It's not yet. But there was some audio clunkiness that I wasn't too happy with. You didn't like how I drank out of the water bottle? I love that. And I might make that into a meme. That will show up (laughs) somewhere on our social media. T-shirt. We we were recording and Michael has like a five-gallon drum of water that right when we were about to record, he decided to take a big swig of. Your wife filled up with ice. It's 64 ounces. Okay, oh, that's a it. half gallon. Mm. And do you know who got me That's this? half of your body weight in you, water. Your kids bought this for me, Doug. Oh, did they? Yes. Yeah, well, that was nice so. of them. I wonder where they got the money from. <laughs> um, all right. Well, speaking of kids, do you play anything with your kids this yeah, week? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I played a lot of taco, cat, goat, cheese, <laughs> pizza. We absolutely love that game. We also played some Love Letter. And I made a trip while I was out in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. I went to Labyrinth Puzzles and Games. And I didn't name drop, hey, I'm Michael from Game School. I just, I like to check out friendly local game stores. I came home with eight games. Hmm. So, it's a very friendly game store. <laughs> very friendly. <laughs> uh, a lot of Super Mega Lucky Box has been played in our house. And then Love Letter, the, is it Jabba's Palace? Uh-huh. Yep. Play, played that. Uh, and then I, I solo played some Riverside in the hotel room, seeing if it's a possible recommended game of the week. And I think I'll bring it to our review table here. So I've been playing a lot. How, how about you? Uh, yeah, we actually had a uh, family game night last night. We we made that. So everybody got to pick out a game. We've been playing the Unlocked Kids, which everybody nice. it seems to enjoy. And then a sleeper hit that hadn't been pulled out a while, and I think we need to take a look at it again, which is Five Minute Mysteries. Oh, yeah. So five-minute game in which you're trying to, to solve a crime, and uh, there's a lot of game schooler implications in that well, game. Availability is why we didn't recommend it in the past. Possibly. I no, that's oh, why. I, okay. I remember where that ranked. Sure. It ranked highly. So um, we'll have to take a look to see where yeah. it's at in, in the availability thing. Um, we played Honey Buzz. 
the week before. So now we're going mm-hmm. back two weeks. Normally we would we talk about this. We played uh, Alant Dice, which was a that's cool, a, an interesting little game for uh, very inexpensive from directly from Asthma Day right now. Yeah. Um, so cool, cool, You've interesting game. Say that one again because that that title I couldn't actually find it on BGG. It's Atlant Dice, right? Atlant Dice, like Atlantis with dice. Yeah. So Same. Atlanta, take off the A and add a dice. <laughs> <laughs> Same designers that did Clip Cut Parks, and yep. then uh, a game that uh, we also enjoy in our house called Big Dig, which is tough to get sure. because that was a tasty menstrual games, but. Mm. The other thing is I'm actually more excited not about what I've played, but what I've acquired. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> They're so, coming in the door, folks. So we got some good ones coming in. Uh, the first one, I got I upgraded my copy of Las Vegas to Las Vegas <laughs> Royale, uh, which has some extra features and kind of modules that you can add in. I really like so, when you upgrade those copies, Doug. Yeah, because the other one's on the, sh- <laughs> the cell pile. So I've... I've was pretty confident that Michael McCabe has already got a label on there. Sorry, on Noble Knight. I'll be taking Doug's copy home. Um, I picked up Endangered, which is a yeah. cooperative game about saving wildlife. And there's different scenarios so that the base box comes with sea otters and tigers. Uh, and then I'm really excited about plants from our boy Phil Walker Harding. Yes. Planted. Um, no, plants. It's plant. Is it planted? Planted. I, planted. Oh, I wrote it down yeah. wrong. Yeah, Planted, which is a Target exclusive, but just opening up the box, what comes in that box for the price of that game blew my mind. Yeah. Like, I was just amazed that they were able to fit that quality into a box for under 20 bucks. That's awesome. So, uh, I got some follow-up from last week. Bring it. So, we talked about... This opening segment will be 47 minutes, folks. Yes. (laughs) Buckle in. We missed a show, so we got to catch up here. Uh, We talked about the Castles of Burgundy. I don't know if it was last week or the week before that um, or two weeks ago or three weeks ago, depending on uh, recently we talked about the timeline you're on. And you had made the comment of that it was a 20th anniversary edition and you did not understand why it was a 20th anniversary edition when the game is only 10 years old. Drop some knowledge on me, Doug. The... Las Vegas Royale is also in the 20th anniversary edition, and that is the 20th anniversary of Alea, the publisher of that game, not an anniversary of the game being published. Now I understand. So I that, am used to celebrating the designer. Yeah. Not so much the, or the, the release of the, the game. publisher. Interesting. Okay. So that's that. Uh, I've got the video update. A reminder, uh, some people have even reached out to us and let us know that they are using the schooler discount code at Noble Knight. Thank you. To save 10%. So that's awesome. Um, we encourage you to do that. Head over to noblenight.com, put in the coupon code schooler when you're checking out, and you can save 10%. S C H O O L E R, right at checkout. Yeah, and they're an awesome website too because they're always, they have a discount off of full MSRP from yeah. the start. And so that extra 10%. I'm really goes, looking forward to July. Well. So my my new month of board game allowance. Yeah, what, they have go. a sale coming out. Um, no, I just no. have a few. Oh, games you have on a new list. budget. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, Your new, budget rolls over. Gotcha for me time. Um, and then also want to remind people to spread the word on the podcast. Uh, if they enjoy, if you enjoy what we're doing here, let people know that you enjoy it and tell them about our podcast. Tell them about GameSchooler.com, What we're trying to do. And as always, you know, we love hearing from our listeners. We've gotten some great feedback over the past couple weeks. Um, Email us, email at gameschooler.com. There's a contact form on the website if you're uh, interested in that. And the social media platforms as well. Um, Reach out to us there. Do you have anything else before we move on? No, I think I covered just about everything. All right. Well, let's move on to the recommended game of the week. The recommended game of the week. <laughs> Look like sloth from Goonies. Well, I'm trying not to blow out the microphone with our new video setup. The recommended <laughs> game of the week is a family-friendly game we think you should add to your collection or your friend's collection. And it passes our stringent criteria for quality and content. This week's game is Pictures. 
by P.D. Verlog and Rio Grande Games. Yeah, published in 2019. The designer is Christian Store and Daniela Store. The art is by Dominic Mayer, Daniela Store, and Christian Store. Three to five players, 20 to 30 minutes, eight and up. And it is a 2020 Spiel des Jahres winner. I should say the 2020 Spiel des Jahres winner. There was not multiple that year. Uh, <laughs> Pictures is a quick playing family game with very simple rules. From the image on your secret picture card with form, sorry, form the image on your secret picture card with one set of components, either shoelaces, color cubes, icon cards, sticks and stones, or building blocks in such a way that the other players guess what image you have pictured. So basically, you're going to pull out a market marker from the bag that determines what your secret picture card is. Oh, I was going to do the... <laughs> you pull out a marker. We've got an overhead camera, folks. So those of you listening in the car right now, that's what that, that little blooper was. So... You pull out a marker, all the cards, the picture cards are laid out in a grid. You pull out a marker, that tells you what your secret picture is. Then you're going to form that image with whatever component set that you have, hoping to try and get the other players to guess which picture you're depicting with your components. And finally, you're going to guess what image each other player has pictured. So everybody is doing this all simultaneously, and then you guess which one uh, the other players are trying to create. The players get points for correctly guessing other players' images and for other players correctly guessing their yep. images. And the most points wins. And it plays over five rounds, and there are five sets of, what do they call them in here? I guess components. Yeah. Uh, there are five sets of components, so you're going to use every component once One throughout the game. Yeah. So that is the game of pictures. What do you like about it, Mike? Well, I really like the way something that is built early on in the game is then represented by different gamers later in the game. What I mean by that, if I were to build a pretty little flower out of the shoelaces, right, early in the game, because I get C4, right? That's where the flowers are sitting. They're sitting in the C4 position. Then later in the game, if somebody else draws that same token, because each of the tokens are in the bag twice, they may go get the shoelaces right away to try to do the exact same and replicate what I did earlier in the game. Maybe that's just my family, but each time that we've played the game, that sort of silly little like, oh yeah, when dad tried to build the flower, now we're going to try to build the flower. But that type of queuing has happened, and that's one thing that I, I really do enjoy um, about it. Yeah, I like to, I mean, certainly the the components are awesome. They're unique pieces. There's building blocks. There's there's sticks and stones. There's one where you use little cubes to kind of make a an abstract pixelated picture. And there's ones that you use cards. Minecraft style. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that you put it in there. And I like that those components rotate from player mm -hmm. to player. So you get a chance with everyone. There's nothing where it's like, oh, I I always get stuck with this one. Everybody's going to get the same tries with each of the components, which I, I like. Um, and I like that this game doesn't, in a lot of games where there's something where you're trying to either draw or mimic or do something, this game doesn't automatically reward good artists. Right. It's more yeah. the creativity with assembling. Yeah, yeah. There's an abstract level to it and, and different, um, ways to skin a cat yeah. in this one that I think is really interesting. Terrible phrase, Doug, but I'll well, allow it. <laughs> Skinning a cat. I've always thought that's an awful phrase. But the other thing that I really like about the actual game, there's no timer. Yeah. There's no sand dial where yeah. I feel that pressure. When is When are we ready to guess? When everyone's done putting their stuff together. And because the pieces are so simple, it's not like you can spend 15 minutes building an elaborate. Yeah, and I played this with... with adults and kids and i've never gotten to a point where i was like oh well she just yeah. finished the turn like that doesn't happen uh which i think is 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 good and there's always laughter in this game every time i played this game there's always the thing where somebody is so proud of what they've made and then there's laughter when nobody guesses it right and the other person thinks it's completely obvious yep. that of course that's what it was there's laughing at and laughing with yes. in every game right yeah 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 <laughs> and i love uh, my seven-year-old 
you know, every time she goes, oh, I know exactly what dad did. <laughs> and she's like, hardly ever right. But she's still having a blast doing it. It's like, I think I know what this is. You know, and she's so confident. And Are you I, pretty good at this game? Uh no, I, I would say that me and and my oldest daughter are probably okay. the better, um, the best in the family at it. But the it certainly does not um, dissuade my my seven year old from playing it. She yeah. dives in and she loves it. In fact, she was for game night. She was shocked to find out that that was a game we do not have in our collection. <laughs> she goes, "Hey, maybe we could play pictures." And I said. We don't actually own that one. That's from the McCabe. You could phone that in. I could be um, here in 11 minutes and drop it and go. So, <laughs> and the other thing that I like about this, and I don't know if you ran into this, but the attention and the focus that happens in this game with younger players reminds me a lot when you see kids playing with Lego. Yeah. And there's that just focus building and, oh, I can't put yeah. this here. That it reminds me of when I, you know, I watch my my kids playing with Lego downstairs, and you're like, they are in their own world. Yep. Each time that they have to build one, I feel like they're in that that zone. I would say it's one part Legos and one part Play-Doh, almost oh, where, sure. where they want to showcase, like, oh, yeah. after people guess, there's yeah. that moment of no, this is the one that it is. And yeah. then there's a little explanation of why they did what they did and where they placed these little blocks and why the red yeah. one's on the bottom. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the only kind of, I don't want to say it's a concern, but you and I have talked about is that the variety of images, a lot of the images have very similar structure and there's a lot of similarities, um, which can make it, confusing sometimes and and that's what adds a little bit of the i don't want to say complexity but makes it harder than you might think it is at first glance so i don't particularly like this game and it's only one of two games that we've recommended that i don't personally like but i think a lot of that has to do with my colorblindness sure i play this game because my two youngest daughters absolutely love it they yeah. love it. Eliza and Margaret, this is one of Margaret's favorite games, you know. Um, what's the term that everyone's using now? So Margaret would be a rising fifth grader, meaning going to be a fifth grader in the fall. And, and just absolutely loves, loves pictures and wants to play it all the time. Um, but the colors for me are a challenge. Well, and, and to clarify, it's not that you don't like the game. I think the game's awesome. You I, don't. I, it's hard for you to play personally yeah 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 so i want to clarify because you just said i don't like the game but the part of the reason you don't like it is because of yeah y- you're you know because of my color deficiencies there you go. yeah it, it, it it is an issue in pictures however in a 20 to 30 minute game with the amount of joy that people have i'd still rather do that than watch yeah. my kids watch shows on on an ipad yeah. You know what I mean? So well, it, it is a fantastic game. Well, and I was uh, thinking about I was but, thinking about the idea of the images looking the same where it's like you have a lot of like boats and buildings and things like that. Mountains. And and so that makes it confusing and, and throws people off where it's like, oh, I thought you were doing this boat. But then I thought about it and it's like, well, if the pictures were all very different, that would be, be even harder. It'd be blatantly obvious. <laughs> oh. Everybody would get points. It's like if they were so different, right? To be like, well, of course that's the orange basketball. It's the only, Mm. you know. So I think, I think they did the right balance. Yeah. Um, Well, obviously it's a it's it's field of jars jars and the same designers also did Juicy Fruits, which I absolutely love. The 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 games that this design team are, are coming out with are fresh. They're different. They're engaging, and I think there's a ton of skill development opportunities in, in pictures. Well, and the other thing, too, is if this game sounds intriguing to you, there is an expansion available for this one. I haven't played it. You haven't played it. Harry Potter? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the Diagon, the Diagon Alley expansion. No, it's Pictures Orange, um, which has more pictures, obviously, but then it has two new sets of components, one That's of which idea. is acrylic tiles and then clothespins and felt is another set. Ooh. And so before playing the game, you would just swap two of them out. Okay. And you pick which Still, five, which five, five a set of five components that you want to do. I so imagine that, well, is it out right now? I believe it is. Okay. Yeah. Because um, Margaret has a birthday coming up. Okay. So 
Um, so on the surface, it, it may not seem like a tame game like this would be that educational, but we disagree. Michael and I have created a list of five skills each that we think that your kids and students can learn from a game like this. So, Michael, you started off here. Yeah, my core skill is observation, a game that rewards careful watching of details and behaviors in order to understand or arrive at a judgment. I think this game would fit perfectly in a library. And at the same time, if I had a middle school or a high school science classroom, this is a game that I could bring in because of how observation pays off. You really have to be looking at how pieces fit together. Uh, And I talk all the time, you know, my wife's a high school art teacher, so I think that's on the nose. This game could fit in there as well. But there aren't many non-science games that we've talked about. This is really the first one of its kind where that observation is so strong and how pieces are laid out. Um, You could almost keep a little journal for each round uh, in playing this game. So that's my my core skill that I brought to the table. Yeah, and that was my core skill as well. I mean, I think this is one of those things that that moment of everybody's uh, project quotes, air quotes, project is done. Mm-hmm. And you're looking around the table. And like you said, there's that studying going on. It's like, oh, does it look like that boat? Does it look like a skyline? And you're doing that does with Michael everyone. Does really know what the heck he's doing? <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. How did he get here? Yeah. Um, so I think... I. I mean, you hit it right on the head. There's that level of observation. And there's two two times, right? There's that time where you're uh, analyzing what everybody else has done. But then it's also when you're looking at your secret picture and thinking, how? what are the features in that? Like observing which features are prominent in there that you want to try and highlight. Because you get the bonus points when you want people to, to guess, guess yours. Correctly. Yes, you get more points and, if people guess. And that's where I think, especially the second time this game is played or the third time, that replicating that I talked about at the top of the segment, that's very real. Because yeah. if I can copy, if I can mimic what somebody else did, yes. even using the same materials, that's that's more points for me. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. All right, next one I got on my list is uh, Creativity. Uh, a game in which players produce original ideas that may be useful in solving problems, communicating, and entertaining. And this is one that doesn't pop up in a lot of of games that we've talked about. It might have been this might be the second or third time it's shown up. Or if it does, I get hammered for bringing it up. Yeah, because it's, you're horribly <laughs> wrong when you do. Um, and this time you are correct because it's a skill we both both brought to the table. But uh, figuring out how you're going to use those components to make a representation of a of a flat image on a on a table requires creativity how you're going to use shoelaces to make a picture of a of a lobster lobster you know yeah. is 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 interesting you know it's a trying to think of some of the other ones that i've i've seen there's like one that was like a, a bumblebee and it's like how do you make this shoelace into a bumblebee how do i use sticks and rocks to yeah. to do a bumblebee or if you get one time we had two beach scenes yes. or two mountain scenes so how do you differentiate which mountain scene or which yeah. beach scene you're trying to create yeah That's, that requires creativity sure i would does. say all right what do you got next my next skill is persuasion and that is a game in which players produce original ideas that may be useful in solving problems communicating and entertaining. That's that laughing at that we now, talked about right, earlier. Did you, just, did you just read the creativity definition? No, persuasion. A game in which players are encouraged to convince others through reasoning. I did. Good <laughs> catch, good catch. My bad. I mean, that's a great definition for creativity. Uh, but let's try that again, folks. <laughs> so persuasion, it's where you are encouraging and convincing others through reason. As you're putting pieces um together and using the materials it's all about persuading people it is and you can't tell them you can't like nudge with your eye you can't do any of that you have to build things uh to get people to guess correctly yeah we both had this skill and i'm my 100 percent crossover so far my, for those keeping score at home <laughs> this is the first time in history there's a lot of firsts going on in this episode <laughs> uh the the area that this came up for me and i'm surprised you didn't go there which is Whenever you get done guessing, 
There's always a level of persuading other people why your thing was actually really good at depicting what nobody guessed that it was. I didn't. That's so that's like defense attorney style, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. Like, well, here's why I did what I did, and you really all. But you know, it happens that. every game, oh, yeah. right? It happens multiple times for multiple people. Yeah. Well, clearly, this is the lobster because <laughs> I put this red cube here. You know, so that happens throughout the game multiple times, especially when people are so confident that they had it. You know, the white asparagus and potatoes with strawberries. How do you do that one? How did you know that that <laughs> was white? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Next, too much fun. Next skill I've got is spatial perception. I'm going to read the definition for persuasion here. <laughs> You're going to have to persuade me on spatial perception. All right. A game that strengthens a player understand, understanding of the spatial relationships with the objects in their environment and themselves. Uh, I have this where it comes into play when you're looking at that picture and how you are going to organize those components. Persuaded. <laughs> persuaded um, as you're creating creating your picture. So when you're actually putting together your project with yes, pieces. Yes, when yeah. you're moving, yeah. uh, you know, how you're manipulating all of that and where you're going to put, yeah. you know, we got these great, um, you know, wooden, wooden block pieces that are in the game. And so when you're deciding, does this go all the way over here? Does it go up there? I think that's spatial perception. And the Minecraft pieces. Yeah. The 2D little cubes. No, you're spot on with that. That level of metacognition, I didn't even think about that from a spatial perception. Usually we're talking about moving dudes on a map or how to get a route down. Or tiles, placing tiles. But this is really in in a very art um, developmental skill from a spatial perception or even architecture, some of those basic yeah, it reminds systems. me of it reminds me of like okay, I've got a picture of Abraham Lincoln here, and I'm going to try and draw that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, how far does that beard go over? You know, and you're doing yeah. that as you're drawing. That some people are naturally amazing at, me yeah. not so much. But um, that's where I was thinking about the first spatial perception. Good. My next skill. Are you ready to move on? To yeah. The next skill. Yes, I will. There Click you go. Click that button because it is. <laughs> well, I even missed mine. Jeez, <laughs> what a mess. Communication is a game that fosters an environment in which players must share information, news, and ideas. That yes, is, that is, is correct. I read from the correct skill yes. this time. <laughs> and it's a different type of communication because it's nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And what what I think that's a very flat um, competition level where you have kids who are able to compete with adults as they communicate by putting the different pieces together. I don't know if I need to say a whole lot more than that. Um, no, I mean, I th- I'm surprised. The other thing, too, I was thinking about when I saw this on your list was the idea of there's a lot of talking that goes on between rounds. Oh, yeah. And people are talking about. And oh, muttering this during round. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I thought that was that. I thought this was this. Like, oh, these two pictures are so similar, that type of stuff. Uh, so I think there's a ton of communication verbally and non-verbally just in different aspects of the game. Isn't it hard to not play with the components? I mean, a little the bit. shoelaces, the blocks, <laughs> they've done such a good job with that. I digress. All right. Next skill I've got is confidence, a game that promotes and increases a player's trust in their abilities and qualities. Watching, and this is really good for kids, when you watch a kid make use those components and make a picture, there is a confidence when they are done that they have nailed it. Yeah. And even... I've seen even points where, where, you know, we were talking about my daughter is just so confident after she's done it and absolutely nobody guesses hers and she's still very confident yeah, at the end that she, that she like it nailed right. it. Um, and that everybody else at the table is missing the boat on that. And I love that about this game that, that even when people aren't guessing your card, you still, still feel good about it's it's not a thing where it's like oh i can't believe i lost this game i'm so devastated like that it's so fun and fast moving that that never really enters the the picture don't you think the round-to-round nature of it too and you're not you're not stuck with shoelaces for all five rounds yeah you got the shoelaces for one round move on now you've got the wooden blocks and i feel like the multiple attempts at different pieces really leads into that confidence too especially with the young kiddos right some of the young gamers who may not have as much success with some of the other games that we've well, discussed, whether yeah, I'm thinking now of like a clank or a quacks of Quedlinburg games where 
you know, Margaret, when she was seven or eight, might have hit frustration. And the yeah. older sibling, Josie, was dominating that. This game, that's what I meant with it really seems to flatten out some of that competition. And I, I like well, what you're saying there with the confidence. Well, and isn't it nice that it's a it's a game that has it, it marries very well. A lot of times party games or what would perceived as a party game have horrible scoring mechanisms and they essentially mm. devolve in essentially an activity. activity. And this has just enough of a scoring structure and a system with the rounds and the way that the round works is that it still functions as a game <laughs> and does not devolve into an activity. Do you have this as a party game in your mind? No. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. No, but it has, it shares that. a lot of similarities with a it party does. game. And it has enough of a structure that it doesn't devolve into, well, let's just fiddle around with these yeah. and, 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 and do this for a half hour as an activity. Yeah, because I think the game really moves well. It's got too. a good structure to yeah. it. All right. My last skill is precision, and that's a game that rewards players for being exact and accurate with fine motor skills. And I was looking for a specific card, but I don't have it. There's, a, especially with our wonderful document camera setup that we have here. But I, I did find. Can you give me the document camera? Can we go with that? Here's the the mountains, right? And here's the a skyline. So if those are two options, but if I'm building with these, what are these, Doug? Bam, little mini bamboo shoots <laughs> yeah. and rocks. Yeah. You you really do get rewarded for how you layer objects and build objects objects up or just flatten them. Um, so precision is, it might be a stretch. There could be a lot of other skills. It's just not a skill that we mention or talk about a lot. And that fine motor manipulation, not only is it great and present, it's also just a little caution. I mean, if you're going, trying to go young with four and five-year-olds, yeah, you're there, there could have really issues. be some frustration. I haven't played this game with anyone younger than six or six-year-old yeah. uh, typically partners up and then completely takes over, goes full alpha gamer with whichever parent <laughs> they're partnered up with. But um, So she needs to be playing by herself. The, she really saying. does. Yeah, from now on, that's how it will be. Or I will be the, the partner anyway. Um but precision is is my last last skill that I have for pictures. Well, I, you get somebody with those shoelaces, and you you see people getting down close to the table. <laughs> the nose right like I gotta know. get this exactly get the, right. Get the loop here, the right angle the, on there. Yeah. So I think you're spot on with that one as well. So I think it's a a great list of skills for pictures. Uh, anything else before we could see why it's a skill the jars? Can't you? Yeah, I, I mean, think it's got that that approachability. Setup is easy. It's got all the, the hitting all those high watermarks. Yeah, and I can see this game going on to college with one of my kiddos someday. I mean, I can see them mm. wanting to take it because of that sentimentality. It's just a game that continues to hit the table on a Sunday afternoon in our house. Well, and isn't it interesting that because of all of the the components, the different sets of components are fairly, I don't want to say rudimentary, but there's a lot of of, of a creative teacher can add their own little sections to this right that i mean that would be cool that would be i mean a, you could do a cool little with five lego pieces notebook is a is a thing and you know so you don't have to think too hard to to figure out where you could expand this game uh if you were so inclined you don't need a, a uh an expansion per se hmm. but that is our recommended game of the week pictures from pd verlog and real grand games The School of Gaming. In the School of Gaming, we discuss concepts, keywords, etiquette, and helpful ideas in the world of gaming and education. This week, we will be discussing Smartphone Inc. from Cosmodrone Games and Arcane Wonders. And I'm so excited to jump in on this. Doug, Give us the stats for Arcane Wonders. Yeah, before I get into that, I just want to talk about this is one of those things we've we've done this in the past with Freedom, the Underground Railroad uh, campaign, campaign trail. And these are games that have one or two things that keep them from becoming a recommended game. But we still want to talk about them because in the right circumstances, they can be amazing. Game schooler approved in the right setting. Yes. Um, so on to the stats. Published in 2018, the designer is Ivan Lashin. The art is by Victor Miller Gauza. 
one to five players, 60 to 90 minutes would be, which would be one of those, those cutoffs for us. And ages is 12 up, uh, according to the side of the box. Smartphone Inc. is an economic simulation Euro game. Over five rounds, players program their decisions about price, production, research, and expansion. Each of these rounds consists of, consists of eight simple phases, planning, pricing, production, development, research, expansion, selling, and profits. Um, which is one of the great things about this game is it's got a very straightforward round system that kind of guides you through every step of the game, which I think is really, it takes a complex game and kind of simplifies it down. Yep. The This game is what I would call an economic masterpiece. If you want to talk about uh, sales and, and the way that sales work on a, a global scale, this is the game. In Supply the, chain management, getting into emerging markets, how one technology. market spreads to another market. I mean, the way that the game works is you start out with two little kind of like iPhone tablets with icons on them. And then you need to position those icons, uh, those tablets in a way that you cover up some of them. And based on which icons are still visible determines how powerful your actions are throughout the game. So as you go through those phases, that's the planning phase. Then depending on the number of dollar signs, plus dollar signs or negative dollar signs determines the price of your phone. Yep, uh, that on those, those tablets. Well, whoever's got the cheapest phone is going to go first in turn order. Whoever's got the uh, most expensive phone is going to go last. And turn order matters. And turn order matters. Then you get into uh, production, which depending on how many crates you have and how many icons you cover up, determining how many phones you're producing for that round. And then you go into development. You can invest in new technologies. This is one of the coolest parts of the game is you get technologies that give you new abilities and it requires so many technology points to invent a technology. The cool part is, is that once somebody invents it, they get bonus points for inventing it, but then everybody else can invent that technology for one cost cheaper. Because the technology has now emerged. Yes, it exists. So now everybody is getting on the bandwagon and doing that. Um, And then we get to uh, research. Uh, maybe development research, I might be missing. Oh, development is uh, you can get extra blocks to um, add to your phone tablet. Right. Make your phone tablet more powerful. Then you get to research, which is the technology. Expansion is where you use your trucks to expand into different markets throughout the world. So you maybe you're based in the United States and you can then go over into Europe and start selling your phones. Up in into Europe. Canada, down into Mexico. Yep. Then everybody in turn order is going to sell their phones. So the people with the cheapest, uh, the least expensive phones are going to sell their phones first. And there are people that will only pay up to a certain amount of money. Yeah. There's also people that will pay as much money as you want to sell it to them, as long as it has the one technology that they're looking for. So if it's got a camera phone, they'll pay whatever price they want, that type of thing. And then based on how many phones you sell, you multiply that by how much you, your, your sell price is, and that's going to be your points for the round. And it gets really interesting because the players with the, the lower-priced phones can jump in there and wipe out an entire market before, before you, you can get, get in there. and sell your phones. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that type of stuff. What are some of the things that you like? I mean, that's the overview uh, of the game. Yeah, so I, I absolutely love this game. I, I do. I want to express that, and, and I... I want to talk about why this hasn't slid into a recommended game of the week and where this would be perfect in a game schooling sense a little bit. So when we initially reviewed this about a year ago, um, it was it was $60. I mean, mm-hmm. we really couldn't find it for less than $60. Today at Noble Knight, and I'm not trying to get a sales credit, I'm not doing any of that, but it is, they have an unpunched for $45, which is near mint, and they have one in fair condition for $40. Mm-hmm. So a year later, you, know, you can find a, a used copy if you're willing yeah. to go used for 40, 50 bucks and get it to your door and get it in your classroom. So even like our own metrics for how we rate and rank games, they change over time. But then that actual time, you will not get out of this game in under an hour. And no. you just have to know that. So yeah. that leads me to where this fits perfectly. This fits in a homeschool environment amazingly. If you are trying to teach your mm-hmm. family, your kiddos, even other people's kiddos about mobile markets in the year 2018, 
And I yeah. put that caveat out there because there is technology like 4G or gaming yeah. on your phone. So people could laugh and say, oh, yeah. But but no, that really tells you something about what it was like when this game was designed. I think it fits perfectly. The other places, if you are on the block schedule. So if you are in a high school and you have 75 to 90 minutes and you are a business ed teacher, I know those are like three ifs, if high school, if you have more than 42 minutes in a period, if you teach business ed, this is a perfect game. This, yeah. this is a game where you could spend four or five or six weeks and really take that first week to teach each round and really talk about what's going on and have kiddos do many research projects. And then you can get pretty deep in this game, I, I, I yeah. think. so. Well, and I, I think there is a, a level of dating with the game, but those things can be swapped. Like, like those things never change on the idea of technology and development, right? So even though I view that as a strength where other well, people that we've played with have kind of chuckled at it. I'm saying, no, it's perfect for the time. I, th place. I think it works out both ways. Actually. Okay. It's like, I think you can look at it as a historical mm -hmm. uh, idea of like, okay, that yes, these were the technologies at the time. The other thing I think that it works in, it doesn't matter what the technologies are. That's always going to be a part of business in general. Yeah. Like I'm researching yeah, it's new. I'm changing, right? I, yeah. I'm yeah. always adding something new. I want to be the first one that puts a, you know, a fifth leg on the table, like whatever it is, there's always that type of, uh, in business. Like I want to be new. What's next. Yeah. I want to be the, the leader and in that's the industry. In this game, isn't it? Yeah. You're trying to push forward and uncover some of those technologies. Yeah, like, well, I want that ability. And then yeah. there's other ones where it's, there's been times where it's like, yeah, you invest all that money and time in it. I'll pick up that ability when it's cheaper. Yeah. You know, type of thing. So there's a lot of, you know, as a business owner myself, there's so many implications of where I see this as like direct tie. This is like how real business works, you know, as opposed to, um, you know, you're playing a game in the 18th century yeah. and you're selling ox, you know, oxen, the druids and orcs and yeah. Or I'm going to sell you my wheat and my sheep and wool <laughs> and we're going to make whiskey like all of Which that. We're fans time. of doing games like that, but we're smartphone ink hits. It is, is now that realism. Now it's yeah. realism now. Um, that is, is huge. Um, I mean the, the, the other thing that's really cool about this game is the, the components, Everything has like a clean, sleek design that is reminiscent of early iPhones yep. and that that technology. The board is humongous. It's got recessed. It's humongous. It's, hum <laughs> it's, yeah. it's huge. It's got recessed spots, so the the components aren't jumping all over the place. Um, yeah, it's like a eight fold board that's yeah. double layered. Um, the other thing too is there's an expansion for this game directly that is has a board that's for two to three players yep. that shrinks everything down, kind of focuses just on North America. So that's another alternative that I, I don't know what the I time, haven't played that one yet. So I don't know what I, the time range is, but it yeah. might shrink down the time. And uh, of course you're doing with less players, but a great solution for a homeschool setting there. Yeah. The rule book looks like a smartphone manual. Um, you know, the, the one that comes with your iPhone that just, so well done of the theming. Yeah, the other thing that's nice about this game, uh, so I'm going to go a couple different places, but there are some excellent tutorials for teaching the game. And because everything is laid out, once you get the, the iconography down, it, it just runs very, 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 very smoothly. Yeah. And so there, there's a lot of good um, teaching companions out there as well. Yeah. It's not just on on the teacher to teach it. All right. I mean, is there anything else we want to talk about with that one? Or yeah, there, there's one more. So this, we we also play, so the ink line, um, Arcane Wonders and Ivan Lashin are going to be coming out with a series of games within mm -hmm. this line. So we played Mobile Markets. Yeah, which is um, a follow. Mobile uh, Markets Markets is a standard. Markets. You, markets. you, you, you went a little Boston. Massachusetts on us. <laughs> Let me tell you about market. my car. Um, <laughs> mobile, <laughs> mobile Markets. That is wicked good. Um, <laughs> no, mobile Markets is a standalone game that is in the same universe of selling phones, but where Smartphone Inc. focuses on sales, I think Mobile Markets is more on Customers profit margins. And, and direct to customers. Direct where customers and more profit margins. control in this you, one. And yeah, because you have to, in Mobile Markets, you have to price your phone, 
and build it. Yeah. And so you, it's possible to build a phone that costs six that you're only selling for four. And that game isn't out yet, widely Correct. available. But what I wanted to let our, our listeners know is they're also working on, you know, we had heard firsthand that they're working on a factory version of the game in the quote unquote ink line. So thinking about, again, where does this fit perfectly in that homeschool or that high school business ed teacher? Yeah. I, this could be a line in which you are able to get a lot of play out of mm -hmm. for several years to come. Well, and you're and, replacing Monopoly. Monopoly in, that, in, in life. The, yeah, in the business ed I, I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, and I and some of them are still my friends, you know, <laughs> who are teaching, continuing to teach life. Get, grab four copies of Smartphone Inc. Now, the last thing that I had a wondering that I brought in here and intentionally didn't put on the run sheet. I When we talked about Campaign Trail, there was that president, vice president where you pair up. I think Smartphone Inc. And it's a wondering because I haven't actually tried it. But I think you could pair up kids and mm. put and really double the player count almost by, okay, you have a team, you're going to make decisions because of how many of the actions are simultaneous. And it is a, a wondering, but that's something I want to try. It, admittedly, my copy is still in the shrink at home because my, my kids aren't quite there yet yeah. to, to play. Yeah, I mean, um, it's an in interesting concept if you... One person would kind of be sitting around, but it would be interesting if if one member of the team manipulated those boards at mm -hmm. the beginning, and then the other player had to. It's like your CEO sets out. Well, this yep. is my this agenda. This is what we're doing, and then now the other make it work. And the other person's <laughs> right. like, I gotta make this your work. Your little management make yeah. it work. Yeah. So I think there's some other. I think we could circle back to this in the future, and that's why I'm I'm putting some of these seeds out there because. As mobile markets becomes available and as other games in the line come out from Arcane Wonders and Ivan Lash, and I think this is a school of gaming topic we could revisit. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. Well, that is uh, Smartphone Inc. Let's move on to the high five, right? High yeah. five it. High five. If you're anything like us, you're constantly on the hunt for new games to try out. And this week, we reveal our personal high five list of family-friendly game right games. So this is going to be an interesting game. We or game. This is going to be an interesting list because we've got some crossover, and we've talked about some of these games before. So, uh, a company that we enjoy, love. You know, they have a great uh, track record of great family games. Uh, anything else before we dive in? No, that was me pounding my chest. I'm a huge, huge game right. Fan, fan so, as long as it doesn't come in a tin. I love their tin. In fact, I've been on the lookout for a Game Right t-shirt that says, like, put it in a tin or something. <laughs> but I, I don't want a Copenhagen reference or anything like that. I want to keep it family friendly, you know. So I'm on the hunt for, I might have to make my own t-shirt. Or make your own tins. Why don't you put all your own, start making right. your own tins. Remember, we love this company, Doug. Yes. So let, let's carry on here. All right. What's your number five? Number five for me is the most recent game in my collection, and I want to just shout out to Anitra and Andrew at the Family Gamers because they talked about this game for three months straight. It's from our renowned designer, Phil Walker-Harding, and that's Super Mega Lucky Box. 2021 release, one to six players, 20 minutes, ages eight plus. The weight is 1.25 out of five, and I'm going to tell you, folks, it's six plus. My six-year-old, who I'm going to talk about a lot in this segment because Eliza's played a lot of game right, <laughs> um, dominated Super Mega Lucky Box. She had 64. I had 39. And my wife, Emmy, had 43. And I have to tell you, it wasn't my first game playing. <laughs> so um, it all. It, let me actually talk about the game instead of just the actual fun with playing it. But in Super Mega Lucky Box you get five cards that are almost like a tic-tac-toe shape that have number patterns in them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And once you complete a row or a column, you then trigger a bonus. And and so you, you have five cards, you're choosing three to keep, the other two go in the discard pile, and you're marking off on any of those cards as one through nine come up in the deck. But one through nine are in this 18 deck card twice, and you're only using nine of the cards per round. Mm -hmm. So you might see the sixes twice, but you never see the fours. And then how you trigger those bonuses. I'm, 
I had no idea it was that crunchy. Like I'm sitting there at the table playing it over lunch this week. So it should be called min- Super Mega Crunchy Box. <laughs> and then max the heck out of it <laughs> while my kiddos just ticking them off and getting bonus, 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 bonus. Sounds There's, like you're thinking too hard about yeah, it. Yeah, it's fun though, Doug. And it is 20 minutes. So truly a game that I can play on my lunch break with my family in the summertime. It checks so many boxes. Thank you, Phil Walker Harding, for continuing to put out great games. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that one out. All right, my number five, um, I don't know why, that's a mistake there, but my number five, sorry, I'm looking at our run sheet and- Keep going, bud. Yeah, we're plowing through. My number five is Outfoxed, published in 2014. Sharon Lynn, Marissa Pena, Colt Tipton Johnson, two to four players, 20 minutes, 1.13 is the uh, weight on that one. Uh, I think we talked about this in an episode, but I did not write yes, it down. Yes, we did. I'll uh, find that for you. Find Keep that talking for about Outfoxed. Uh, so Outfox is a deduction game in which you are rolling dice. And before you roll dice, you have to decide whether you want to look for suspects or look for clues. Uh, when you're looking for clues, you uh, r- move around the board and collect these little discs that then you put into this decoder that tells you whether that person, the, the suspect that you're looking for, has white gloves or if they have a monocle, that type of thing. If you're looking for suspects, you get to flip over suspects which then you can rule out depending on which clues you have. You need to find the culprit before the fox escapes from the game board. Yep, and if you want to hear more about that, you can just listen to episode 64. We spent about 25 minutes doing a deep dive in Outfox. That was our recommended game of the week. Yeah, Outfox, great game. All right, we got a crossover here, here number four. And that was also a recommended game of the week in episode 55. That's Happy City. We both had it at four. That's awesome. Uh, 2021 release. Can you move the mouse a little bit? I want to get this designer's name right. Thank you. Toshiba Sato, Aru Sato, two to five players, 20 to 30 minutes, ages 10 plus. The weight is 1.26 out of five. And this is one of the most recent games added to my collection. Thanks to Noble Knight. I picked that up and I love Happy City because in Happy City, what are you doing, Doug? You're building a happy city. You want to tell people how the game actually works? Yes, you are. Geez, I have to. I, have I, I can. I've, I've played you it recently. Played it recently. Happy yeah. So in Happy City, you have very few turns, actually, that you are building. Um, I don't want to say building a happy city, but you are getting these, a city. these nice little cards and you're building a city that's then triggering other bonuses. So each round you're you're taking, you know, one of a small handful of actions and then um, I don't want to make the Machi Koro comparison, but for me, it does a lot of the things that Machi Koro mm-hmm. does in about half the time, in about half the space. Truly a game that does fit in my wife's purse or that I've just, you know, thrown and brought, and brought with me to a restaurant. Um, I haven't brought it to church yet, but it's one of those games where if the kids do act up, let them play it a little bit. Um, Depends how bad the sermon is. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going, Doug. No, a great little game. I mean, Michael hit it on the head. The the artwork is so cute and adorable in this game, and it's got it doesn't overstay its welcome. You you're building the buildings. The kids have fun with the art that's on the buildings and what building. You know, it's like oh, I'm building a little hamburger yep. stand. They get excited about that, and it just and you have bonuses that are assigned to you that you're trying to trigger and then other people are actively trying to block. And I'll tell you what, it's not just adult gamers who play it that are trying to block it. I've played this enough um, with kids where they will step in and, and try to block you on it too. So. Yeah, and the other thing I like about this one is it has a, a scale where there's a basic game and another one that has those little end game combinations that can add some complexity for adults. And as your family grows and ages, uh, it's still one that can work in your collection. It's yeah. not one that's like, oh, this is for five-year-olds, and once I have six-year-olds, I'm done with no, this game. No, no, so. I think happy. Yeah, good point. All right, on to your number three, Michael. My number three is one of the most talked-about games over the first 75 episodes. It is a game that got me through the lockdown and homeschooling my four-year-old, and that is Sleeping Queens. 2005 release designer is Amanda Everts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Special shout out. <laughs> Two to five players, 20 minutes, ages eight plus. Weight is 1.06 out of five. If you ever see a grown man at a convention wearing a Sleepy Queens t-shirt, there's a very good chance it's me. I love this game because it brought a passion of gaming into 
um, all people in my house, but I especially have a connection with my little Eliza in this one. And in Sleeping Queens, there are queens that you are trying to select. So you're playing cards out of your hand, and each time you play a king, you get to take a queen from a face-down pile. But there's also dragons and knights and sleeping potion and wands, and they all have one little blocking mechanism. Like if you... Um, play with, with the knights and the dragons work together to, to cancel each other out. And uh, the other piece about Sleeping Queens for any game schoolers out there, because I know there's a 20th, no, 15th anniversary coming out. I got to do math here. Well, there's an anniversary edition of some sort. Well, there's Sleeping out. Kings coming out. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing that I, I should have led with. There's math involved. So you can play if you have a two, two and a four, you could say two plus two equals four, and then the kiddo or the adult gets to select three cards. So just as I've talked about Llama teaching numbers one through six in colors to, to my kiddo, this game also taught very basic um, uh, math. So that's my number three game I absolutely love, and I am on the lookout for Sleeping Queens uh, t-shirt, but haven't found one yet. All right. Uh, my number three, I forgot that we had that sound effect in there and what perfect time to do that. <laughs> did you drop it or was it, did it just happen? No, I did that. No, <laughs> well done. A, this computer is programmed to every, anytime anyone mentions sleeping Queens that goes off from, <laughs> do, the, do, do, from, do. from henceforth. That is the new rule. Uh, my number three is the first roll and write game that I played, which was quicks uh, published in 2012. The designer is Stefan Bendorf. Two to five players, 15 minutes, 1.12 on the Board Game Geek complexity scale. Quicks is a great little game in which you've got four tracks, four colored tracks, uh, green, yellow, red, and blue. And you roll dice and you get to, if you're the person rolling it, you get to choose two different sets of dice to fill in numbers. And if you are not the active player, you have to pick one set of dice to fill in uh, on your scorecard. But the way that the scorecard works is that once you go up, the, the red and the yellow are ascending numbers. And so you have to start low, 2 to 12. And the uh, green and blue are descending, 12 down to 2. But once you put down a number and cross it off, so if I cross off the 12 and then the next number I cross off is a 10, I can never go back and fill in that 11. But you get more points for the zone. more that you fill in. And so there's that crunch of how long do you spend waiting for those numbers to come up um and it it's one that i played with my parents which is hard to believe that deserves a, a recommended <laughs> sticker on it right <laughs> <laughs> actually this is more appropriate for any time you can get my parents to play a game All right, <laughs> so that is my number three quicks quicks is outstanding quicks is also brutal sometimes <laughs> I've, I've made some mistakes playing that one another great game uh just correcting it's sleeping queens to the rescue mm. and that be, we had talked about this in our house i believe in that one the the queens are trying to rescue the kings who are sleeping or something but that's coming out this year if it's not out. seems already. like they could make a movie so, out of it there's so much right, plot hey, in there <laughs> send us a review copy with the t-shirt i'll wear the t-shirt and play the game awesome um we're not up to two already are we, we? Are. don't i have a three you did your three, I man. Did my three. Oh my Sleeping gosh, we're fine. I just love game right games. I really do. Number two for me is Forbidden Island, 2010 release. Designer is Matt Leacock. Two to four players, 30 minutes, ages 10 plus. The weight is 1.74 out of five. This was our recommended game of the week back in episode 17 in Forbidden Island. It's pandemic light, folks. Yeah. You've got a handful of actions. I can't remember if it's three or four actions. I wanted to say three actions where pandemic, you, you get fourth actions you do on your turn. But you're trying to get across the island and rescue certain pieces and then fly out of there before the island sinks on you. Here's yeah. what I'll say about Forbidden Island for the second time, um, because I know we said this in episode 17. The game is so darn close. It, it is a masterpiece of balance. Every time I've played that game, it comes down to we either won on the last turn or we lost and we probably should have won if we just had that one more turn. So in terms of bringing tension to a family weight game, and, and again, I feel like we say this with a lot of games, but this is a game that I have played with neighbors who are not gamers and who are like, oh, 
that was fun. But it, it, it's kind of, I don't want to say at the high end of that complexity for people who don't play games, but for people who are completely outside the hobby, who only associate games to Monopoly or slot machines, uh, Forbidden Island is a game that can be brought to the table, taught in under five minutes, really set up, played in under a half hour. It is just a fantastic game, and I love the tin of that game as well. Yeah, that's my number two as well. We got awesome. a, a straight crossover there. Um, the two things I'll mention on this one is, so you're you're trying to balance collecting these idols, turning in cards to collect the idols that are distributed around the island. Idols, thank while, you. Yeah. While trying to keep the island from sinking as you go, has shares a lot of mechanisms with, with Pandemic and is a perfect gateway to jump up to that level after you're done with it. Um, but this is one of those things, and I think this is true for a lot of Game Right games, is I am always amazed at the cost of this game. Oh, that's and a good how point. economical it is for the the components and the things that you get in this game. I'm I'm shocked every time like this is one of those that Amazon has like a lot of times on whenever they have like a big board game sale, it's on there. And I'm just like, how are they getting giving this game away for they this? They must have a warehouse just of game games. <laughs> this this uh for such a great price. And and that goes across the board for all of Game Right games. These are all very affordable even something like outfox that comes in a a big game box like you are used to getting games in um usually around the 20 dollar range so yeah um yeah i think i got my forbidden island for for about 12 dollars yeah it's it's pretty crazy a while back so no that's great looks like we have some more crossover potentially yes uh number one for me is sushi go uh designer is phil walker harding and 2013 release, two to five players, 15 minutes, eight plus, 1.16 out of five. Episode 19, recommended game of the week. Say it with me, Doug. One, two, three, sushi, go. It, it, it doesn't get better <laughs> than that. I mean, just that, that brings me a little bit of joy. You know, you are drafting a card. And playing a card and then passing the cards to your left in the first round, passing the cards to your right in the second round, trying to make combinations. Um, Boy, do you want some sashimi? Do you want to go get some nigiri and match it up with a little bit of salmon? The the art on it is cute and fun. As with a lot of the games on the list, it stood the test of time. This is a game that, honestly, doesn't come to the table a whole lot with our game group because we're playing other heavier games. But this still comes to the table with my family, it lives in our quiver, and when it comes out, we have a good time playing it. Quiver is the case that holds a lot of a lot of games, um, and this is one that I'm really looking forward to bringing to the after school program. I think all five of these games would fit in really well with the middle school after school program. So, yeah. game right, thank you, uh, Phil Walker Harding. I almost called him Doctor Phil Walker Harding. Mm, he uh, could be. He probably is. Or, or Sir Doctor, the, the good Sir Doctor <laughs> yeah, Phil Walker Harding. Another great, great game. Certainly knighted by the Game Schooler podcast. Yeah, well, if anyone deserves knighting, it would be him. How about you, Doug? What All do you right, have? my number one, same line, uh, slightly different. Sushi Go Party is what I put on the list. Uh, this came out in 2016, as the, and it goes from two to eight players mm. and 20 minutes a little bit longer. Uh, the thing I like about Sushi Go Party is that it has everything that's in the base game. And it has a little bit more. So if you, and you can mix and match what you put into the game. So if you go to that next level, what are you shaking your head at? Because now I want to get it. Because <laughs> I walked by this at Noble Night a couple weeks back. I've had it in and out of the cart. Like, oh, $10, oh, $12. And go ahead. I'm yeah. Sure. It, was, no. it was personal, folks. Not yeah. you. I just, now <laughs> so, I want it. <laughs> so that's uh, what I like about this is that I'm not saying that the base game can get stale. But if it does for you and it is a family staple, this is a, a quick way to spice it up. What makes um, this the next level up? Well, it just has cards that you swap out, and then you, instead of playing with nigiri, you can play with another type of sushi that comes up that has slightly different scoring mechanisms. So it just broadens it out um, with awesome. different kinds of uh, offshoots and different ways to play, I guess. Um, bigger tin, too. Yes, it is a bigger tin. The this is a great stepping stone game for games like Seven Wonders. Um, it's oh, a wonderful kingdom, and yeah, and just yeah. getting used to that basic thing before you get into something that would be more complex. 
Um, so that is our high five list. We had a couple of honorable mentions. Yeah, and I just wanted to mention, I'm going to just do a rapid fire here of my three honorable mentions because they're games that I think are great games, but keeping the list at a cut of five. Uh, Trash Pandas is a game that you had gifted to, to me a while back. Said, I think that your kids would like this, and we absolutely love it. Uh, it's your dumpster diving with pandas looking for treasure. Yeah. Uh, playing cards out of hand, getting tokens, great little game. Dragonwood is a game that has these awesome, uh, to quote a Doug Kotekian term, chunky wooden dice, and you're you know you're going after dragons, going on a little quest. Another fun little game. Really got my my family through through the lockdown playing that game, and then Outfox, which you had mentioned. Boy, that was hard for me to not put it on the list. Some of it might just be that uh, recency bias of having so much fun with Super Mecha Lucky Box in the last few days, weeks. Yeah. Um, I think any of these I could have put into that four or five slot. They're just outstanding games. Yeah, I had Dragon li- Dragonwood on my short list, along with a game called Abandon Our All Artichokes, which That's is kind of a, a, a reverse deck builder where you're trying to get rid of all of the artichokes in your hand. So you're bringing new cards in to hopefully draw a hand that has no artichokes in it, and then you win the game. The um, winner is whoever starts their round sans artichokes, right? Correct, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's um, and then the other one that's not on the list, but I was just thinking about it, is Sushi Roll, which is another variation of Sushi, sushi Go, but is a, a dice-drafting game. Mm-hmm. So if uh, that's something that might appeal to you, take a look at that. So that is our uh, high-five game right games uh, as we move towards the close here i want to remind everybody to uh, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already subscribe on youtube this video will be on youtube either in its entirety or in chunks um we'll see we'll see how that works out keep going um, Doug. close us out here yeah and then reminder to let's see like us on facebook and follow us at twitter uh on twitter our handle at game schooler you is our handle on both of those social media platforms. And I think lastly, thank you so much for spending the last hour or so with us. We really appreciate it. Now get out there and keep game schooling.